Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, Asher bachar banu mikol hamin, Venatan lanu et torato, Baruch atah Adonai, Noten haTorah, Amen. Amen. All right, well this week's Parsha is the dedication of Ruh Shlema of Esther Markovitz. And we are in uh, Parsha Tazria, um, Tazria Pirkei Yod Bet, so 12 Aleph to Pirkei Yod Gimel, so to verse 1 to 13, uh, sorry, Yod Gimel, uh, chapter 13, to verse Nun Tet, so 59, in correlation, connection with the Garrett to the Romans, still in chapter 1. So, Birkei Aleph, verse Kof Dalet and Kof Hay, 24 and 25. Get you some. You want, I can just dive in right away. Yes, sir. Let's go straight to it. Therefore, God and... Uh, sorry, yes. Therefore, God in wrath delivered them over in the Tahavot of their Levavrot to Taruma, uncleanness, to the dishonoring and perverting of their bodies among themselves. Nice. All right, so a couple of quick things on just the standard reading of that. Um, when you look at the word Tahavot, that all has to do with desires so uh and it's interesting that obviously we see the word avot in there and that is corresponding to the word for fathers now technically that wouldn't be called a root of this word but if you just kind of break the word apart you have the tav and then you have the word avot like what shall father you and you think about a father is one who guides and directs so having desires be what guide and direct you, um, whether it be for the good or whether it be for, uh, obviously, in this case, Tuma, which is in uncleanness. And so in our Parshot, uh, starting with last week, we started learning about unclean, you know, and it regarded to the animals. This week, we're talking about unclean regarding to humans, and so uh, the sages take us all the way back to Parsha Bereshit, where the first thing we learned about were the animals, and then following the animals was mankind. And so there's kind of this progression of the story, the original count in Bereshit of creation coming forth. Now, obviously, the animals and man, that was on the way later part of the, the beginning of creation week. But I'm just kind of skipping to there so we can see this pattern. But go back to last week, the Kashrut laws are connected to the laws about uh, our consecration and the inauguration of the Mishkan and our atonement. So uh, we all know or we should know that uh, the sages tell us that we are created from the place of our atonement. This is definitely found in Pirkei de Rebbe Eliezer, who we lovingly call Pearl K. Man was fashioned from the dust of the Temple Mount, from the four corners of the earth. And so when you start looking at we were atoned and then we were put in the garden and then Hashem told us what we should eat and what we should not eat. Just like in Parsha Shemini, 
after the atonement, after the fire came down, because all of the, the commentary that goes back and forth with Nadav and Avihu, which, by the way, we looked at those two names. The gematria of Nadav and Avihu is 87, which is the gematria of Kiso, which is his throne. So you have the throne of Hashem, basically, sign- simpl- or symbolized in Nadav and Avihu, were the ones who died, and their death brought in this newness, this inauguration for all of all of Yisrael, so that Hashem leads us into a new beginning, and His presence is with us, and we're told what to eat to elevate our spiritual souls. And now we're into this week's Torah portion about what happened when we failed. So again, you can see this mashing a lot of things together. I realize, but you can see from Parsha Bereshit to Parsha Shemini to Tazria, you see this idea of a, a, another opportunity for us as mankind to bring forth the newness of life. You know, Adam was fashioned. He was atoned because he was built from the Temple Mount, the place of our atonement. And then Hashem put us in the garden and said, hey, work the garden, you know, follow my laws, listen to my voice. And we decided to listen to not his voice. And it resulted from us uh, getting kicked out of the garden and falling from grace, so to speak. And uh, now we have all of this death and sickness and uncleanness and things like that. So, again, we had the golden calf happen in the wilderness. And then Hashem sets up the Mishkan. And now the only way for us to get into the Mishkan is to be in a state of purity and cleanness. And it also extends to the temple as well. The same purity laws apply. So you get this picture here of ultimately through the woman who's going to give birth, which is uh, the Tazria, uh, when it's uh, conception in Ivrit is known as Zera, which is the word actually for seed. And if you really extend that out to what Mashiach says, unless a seed falls into the ground and dies, you know, like from the earth, basically, there's going to be this conception of growth from death. You know, like Mashiach's body will go into the earth as the seed that causes the world to bring forth the newness of man. You know, we've been immersed in his death and resurrected with him to uh, eternal life kind of thing. So you get this picture here of, of uh, what Tazria is truly about is bringing forth something new. However, it's seen as something not good, you know, here, because apparently this woman is now going to be made impure and it's going to cause a separation. But ultimately that separation is going to lead to a reunion and on a greater scale, because there's now going to be more life between the husband and wife because they now have a, a newborn child who they will raise up and they will be a family and things like that. So uh, just to cite a few sources here, we got Torah or, which brings down that the woman is called Yisrael. So we as Yisrael are the woman. uh, And the source cited in Torah or is Hosea 2.18 that says, on that day, you shall call me husband. So just as in the case of man and woman, when the woman seeds first, she shall give birth to a male, which goes back to the first verse of Parsha Tazria. The other source I wanted to bring down uh, on just kind of, 
you know, where I'm going with the whole impurity and uncleanness is that the uh, the first verse of our parsha says, when the woman shall give birth to a male. And so the whole thing is about when we, as Yisrael, who are likened to the woman, when we, because uh, Torah Or says that this whole fact of us sowing the seed first, us conceiving first, it has to do with bringing forth a male, which means that we are wanting to draw closer to Hashem from our own initiative. And so back to this verse here, the ta'avot create the initiative that will either drive us to Hashem and cause us to give birth to a child and bring forth life ultimately, even though there will be a moment of death that will need to happen. Or we're going to have that initiative from our desire to turn to our hearts, which is our level vote. And that's going to be our inclination of this is what I want. And this is how I want to live my life. And whatever Hashem to your Torah and your laws that pertain to me as your creation. So creation is going to tell the creator, I know how to do it better. And this is the way I'm going to do it. So. I'll leave it there. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, I, um, thank you for correcting me on, on the uh, Tuma versus Taruma, because <laughs> that's offering or gift, right? <laughs> so um, <laughs> definitely different there. So, but nonetheless, um, I really liked how you connected all that up. Um, so and uh, it's it's amazing just the fact that it's you know they speak about how the this is really an act of Hashem, um, or sorry, like an act of a mercy from Hashem um, to to obviously expose, to have these such diseases, such um, issues of, of skin and, and the like occur, so as to be, uh, so as to, you know, know right then there clearly as to what the issue is spiritually. Um, however, there's more responsibility then um, to respond right away and with true repentance. Um, and so therefore I, in part, that's I believe is what they had been saying as to why this isn't, doesn't occur. Um, such, such skin diseases don't occur as much nowadays or for the most part, not at all nowadays. Um, because otherwise you'd be more held responsible. Um, and our awareness would be heightened and therefore, um, his judgment would be more, um, you know, worth, Metting out, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, so, definitely so we don't see them today because our lives are of not as refined character as what we're seeing going through the children of Israel in the wilderness. You know, think about the fact that they're bringing an Ola, like a, a whole burnt offering, the offering that no one eats but is completely consumed in fire because of an M proper thought and today and age how are we doing on our improper thoughts like Mm. are we on that level you know so to your point there i wanted to you know yeah it speaks about how they have well we have a lower uh madriga is that how you say it madriga madriga it's a lower state of yeah like you said sensitivity 
um, to Hashem's work, work and miracles in our lives, and and just not we're not heightened in our, um, I guess, sensitivity and spirituality. Our hearts are not as soft, and our eyes, you know, our spiritual eyes are not as as open as as their as theirs were um, in the wilderness. So I wanted to connect um, just the fact of of following the desires, the hevot of their levot. Uh, so that's the heart, you know, the hearts, right. uh, and uh, and how the connection with because well, you know, the the verse the verses prior about when you worship something besides Hashem, then you then it's then when you go after your your own heart, and it's Ooh. then when Hashem uh, delivers delivers you over to your own desires, um, and it just correlates with the Shema. That, is, that we say every day, um, twice a day about, I guess that means the third part or the second part, um, which says, I guess yeah, starting in verse, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he will restrain the heavens so there be no rain, the ground yield its produce, and you'll be simply banished from the good of the land. Which I gives you places where it's mine upon your heart and upon your soul, and bind them as a sign upon your arm, like there's films in your eyes, teasing your children, so them your house and walk away, you lay down and rise up. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, so, sorry, earlier on, it's, I'll provide grass and fields, and you, and your cattle, for your cattle, and you'll eat and be satisfied, beware, lest your heart be seduced, and you turn astray and serve gods of others and bow down to them. So just that, <clears throat> it's a direct, very clear, you know, the heart going astray and serving other gods is, is tied together. In in the Shema, and then also in this in this uh, Garrett. But you know what I love about what you just said is, no matter what we chase after, as far as what what are we turned to with our heart, uh, ultimately it ends up being us. So any any other thing that we want to serve besides Hashem, mm. whether it be sports or media, entertainment, science you know, religions, like world religions or something like that. Ultimately, it's not that, it's our heart. So the fact that you bring that up, I mean, that, I, I just had to, uh, like, go wash my eyes out because, like, I got poked in the eye there. And it was just kind of like, wow, that's, that's amazing. Because you would think, no, it's just an idol. Like, it's cool. And it's like, no, that's you. That's your heart. That, you know, and it's just kind of like, wow. So you're not following Hashem because of your heart. Yes. Well, it's yeah, it's interesting too because you know Yeshua speaks about well, all the, all the heart quite a few times, but in um, Matthew six twenty one, he's he's talking about he says that one who stores or you know where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. Oh, come um, on now. And so where is your, you know your where you put your value, and mm. if it's not if it's not in Hashem. Which is like you know our exceedingly great reward, or actually great you know our shield. This is you know Abraham was it was mentioned Abraham his his exceedingly great reward was Hashem, nothing else. You know whom whom and I have do I have in heaven but you in the earth? There's nothing I desire besides you. You know as David says, um, even though he's made you know made the world for us for Adam, for the righteous, nonetheless even even still like he needs to be. The one thing I seek, the one thing I desire, and I'm gonna dwell in the house of the Lord all my, all, in all my days and gaze upon His beauty. Um, so loving Him, you know, it's like 
you know, yeah, the Shema. <laughs> and to your Shema point, the second paragraph that starts with "and it will be," like the "vehayaim shamoa tishmeu," and it will come to pass. It will right? be, yeah, it will come to be. That part, yeah. You, you realize it uses the word hearts, be'ivrit, in that passage when it says, "Serve him with your entire hearts," like to love out your God and serve him with your entire hearts. It uses levavkim, which is the connotation of your two hearts, which are your two inclinations. Whoa, the Yitzhar and Yitzhar Tov? Really? Yes, because remember how on uh. Arab Shabbat, Shalom Aleichem, come on, get you some. Like that, how the, the commentary and the uh, Siddur says that this is the two angels that accompany the the Jew home and if they see the Shabbat table prepared the bad angel has to say Amen may it be like this next week but if it's the other way around if the table's not set the bad angel says then may it be like this next week where the table's mm-hmm. not set and everything and the good angel has to submit so there's this idea that the there's the understanding actually that our guardian angels are the evil inclination and a good inclination which are our hearts but they're connected to those two uh, yetzers, and the the yetzer hara, the evil inclination, has to submit to the good inclination. So that that waging battle is all depending on which way we're going to choose to go. Will we say the Shema or will we not? And the fact that you brought up we say the Shema twice a day, there's your two hearts again. Like... Are you with Hashem? It's morning time. Are you with Hashem? It's evening time. Were you with Hashem earlier in the day or later in the night? No, but I'm returning to him right now kind of thing. So as you pointed that out, that's what I saw. I was just kind of like, oh, my word, this guy is crazy. No, that's good. (laughs) That's good. All right. Well, unless you got anything on any more on that verse. We should move. Um, yeah, let's move on to, to verse uh, 25 here. Kufhe, Afhe. Uh, they traded in Ames Hashem, the truth of God for Sheker, for lie, and worshipped and served Habareah, the creature, the creation, rather than Habore, the, the Beshavar, Hamvarak Olamim. Amen, who is blessed forever. Amen. Amen. So, the first thing I want to say is I love that there is a bracha in this verse that we say all the time when we're in a minion to start off our prayer service. Uh, specifically for the morning blessings of the Shakarit and for Ma'ariv and for, uh, well, yeah, Shakarit and Ma'ariv, the 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 evening and the the morning uh it's significantly enough where we go baraku et adonai hambarak baruch adonai hambarak leolam so hambarak like the blessed one leolamim like forever and habore the creator so we're giving our credence and our worship to the creator as rabbi griffin so beautifully brought up uh, a while back. I can't even remember when this was. It may have been a year ago. It may have been five years ago. But he said the the Baraku, when we do that, 
that bracha and we respond to the chazan, it's like the one, two, three eyes on me kind of thing, you know, and it's kind of like, let us focus on Hashem and let us bless him kind of thing. And let's do it. Kolechad. So the fact that this is in this verse and that can only transpire, you can only say, if you have his truth and his worship and his service in your focus. Two, which I want to send over a tag to you because I got to be a part of a little bit of your Musar class on the week of Amet, and you were talking about Sheker and the beautiful drop on the letter Kuf and Sheker that is the one leg that Sheker tries to stand on, but it topples over. Could you elucidate on that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks again for having or having being able to have you um, and bring your drop down. Um, but yeah, it was predominantly just um, at least that that part of it was on just the olive bet and as to the the structure or the shape of the letters. And in the met, each of those words um, have two legs to them. There are two, yeah, two legs. You say it's just like a table, wow. or like a visuals of visualization as a table. With, or human being, really, too. And checker, each of those letters only have one letter standing. Um, and so, therefore, you know, kind of a, the parable or analogy is that, you know, that which, that which is a lie or falsehood will eventually fall apart uh, or fall down and won't stand. But the emet truth will always remain standing firm and unmoved. Come on, man. It's like... Chopping off your legs. Wait a minute. That happened to the Nakash in the garden. Oh yes, yes, yes. Remember you hit on that too. That was that was pretty amazing. Yeah. You should crawl on your belly all the days of your life for dust or yeah, the dust, dust you were and will be your food. Eat <laughs> you'll eat the dust. So as as we're kind of looking at that. You, uh, you also made the, uh, the statement about the common saying that uh, there's like, you don't even have a leg to stand on kind of thing. Right. And what's crazy about what Shaul is writing here is he says there was a trade that happened. Like, the only reason we don't have any legs, or if, you're, if you're a person who's following Shekhar and not a Met kind of thing, and I'm not talking about me, I'm talking about Hashem. But if you're a person who's not following Hashem and you've decided, yeah, I'm not going to do Torah, I'm not going to follow the word of God, I'm not going to listen to the voice of Adonai, I will not be a person of the Shema. Like, the only reason that's the case is because you traded it. You know, you willingly gave it away. So, like, the serpent literally traded his legs so that he could crawl on his belly. And he did it at the expense of causing the fall of mankind, at the expense of separating a husband from his wife, i.e. Adam and Hava, big i.e. Hashem and Yisrael. It happened at the tree, and it happened at the calf, and it happened at the other tree, and I'm talking about the crucifixion stake of Mashiach, because there are three original sins, at least that Judaism teaches about, but that you have to do critical thinking in order to realize. Number one, 
is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That's why no matter if you follow all the laws of Torah and you are sinless, according to the Torah, all the days of your life, you will still die because of the counsel of the serpent, i.e. we ate from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The second one is the golden calf. So the Torah that we have today is not in its primordial form and its eternal life-giving form that will cause us to not die, that will cause us to be victorious over our sin without even trying, without even like lifting an effort or without us even forgetting the Torah. Like you realize if we would have received the Torah in its true form, the Sapphire tablets, we would not forget any of it. We would not be like, what was that source? I, what was that thing that, you know, like none of that would happen. And that's all because the golden calf. So we have a lesser covenant, even though it's the same Torah, but it's in a lesser form until we're resurrected. And then we'll be back able to better comprehend that and have the, the splendor of Hashem's glory as our clothing will be reclothed in the light that we lost from the garden. Then you have the other original sin being the cell of Yosef. And what happened at the second tree? We sold Yosef. We sold Mashiach ben Yosef. And what did we sell him for? We sold him for pieces of silver. And the pieces of silver just so happened to correspond to the price that we pay for a female slave. And so you got this whole picture of we got this whole picture of what was traded and what causes us to now worship Berea, which is creation and creature, which is mankind, by the way. So why aren't there more synagogues who preach the message of Torah and Yeshua? Why are there people who still celebrate every single festival in the world besides the festivals that Hashem gave us? Because we want to worship creation and we want to worship the creature who established these things. And it's all because we traded in the truth for a lie. And that happens in this week's Torah portion because when that woman has that child, she's going to go through impurity. And then later on in this Torah portion of Tazria, we're going to be talking about leprosy. And leprosy is another form of impurity that creates separation, i.e. we are outside the camp now. We're separated from our community for about a week. And we got to come back to the Cohen to see if we got better. And so you, you start like seeing all this and it's like, so the woman gives birth to a son. And now we're going to talk about leprosy. Overarching picture when was there a woman who gave birth to a son who was a leper? Oh, you mean Miriam, who gave birth to Mashiach Yeshua, who's called a leper Messiah? So, before I hand it over to you to finish everything out, I want to say this. That when it comes to Miriam, she was also traded in as a truth for a lie. Because now, instead of calling her Miriam, people call her Mary. And then, instead of calling her the, the woman Alma or a Batula, which is a woman who did not have any carnal knowledge of a man, 
commonly called a virgin. Now, that image has been traded in for a woman who's not Torah observant and a woman who's called the Virgin Mary after the name of the God or God bearer as an idolatrous image that is set up in the Catholic Church as a statue. So you traded in a Jewish woman who was an Eshekayil who kept the Torah and you changed her name from Miriam to Mary and made her into an idol. Sounds like the golden calf. (laughs) Right? So now, not only did you sell Yosef, but now you made another golden calf. Like, come on. And then the fact that this would be perpetuated and like, hey, I don't want that Torah stuff. I'd rather eat Christianity or I'd rather eat some other religion that's not Torah-based, that's not Judaism. Now you're going to keep eating from the tree of good and of the knowledge of good and evil, like fruit you should not have any taste of. And it's just kind of like, okay, so that all happened. So, which brings me to the point that the leper Messiah is uh, talked about in the Messiah text on page 17 to be specific. And it's in reference to Yeshayahu 53.4 that says, Verily he has borne our diseases. So the leprous house of study is where Mashiach Yeshua will teach. And the Messiah is called a leper. He sits with the lepers and he's teaching with the lepers. And anyone who's connected to Mashiach Yeshua, go figure that when we call him by his true Jewish name, i.e. Yeshua, and not JC, and when we follow Torah, which is the truth, we're considered lepers. People keep us outside of the community. The Mashiach Yeshua says that they will kick you out of the synagogues. They will reject you and ban you from the community. But that's cool. They're going to hate you for my namesake. Why? Because I'm the leper Messiah. And my mother, Miriam, who is a representative of Yisrael, she is also traded for a lie. And now people are worshiping the creation as opposed to the creator. But if we all stay to the truth and we all worship the creator and not creation and bless his name, may it be so that is putting on the new self. And that is continually being renewed in the fuller and fuller knowledge, closer and closer to the image of the creator himself. Personified in Mashiach Yeshua, the light of Torah, and the Lamb of God. Okay. Done. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Well, (laughs) what do we know? What do we know, right? Uh, Did you want to share anything? Yeah, as for that, um, I'm looking here. I mean, it's right, because right when we're going to be getting into chapter two here not too long from now. And right away, he says, therefore, you've no excuse. Oh. Uh, you are passing judgment. And so he goes into just, um, I mean, we've all been talking about, but how he's rebuking them. And uh, it's, there's a similar situation going on with, with them and not really glorifying Hashem as he is deserved to be worshipped. Um, but just the whole aspect of them embracing, they themselves are embracing a lie, a sheker, versus the truth. So, and therefore, not, they're not able to stand, and therefore they have no, they have no excuse there. So wait, wait, wait. 
you're connecting the fact that Shaul is giving this intro that's going to really point out what he's going to speak about in chapter two. Yes, for sure. Oh, my word. Same thought pattern, yeah. I'm going to go throw some things, and then I'll be back. <laughs> okay, did you – were you – were you going to go somewhere else with that? Because I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just so taken back by the connection on that. No, that's right. I, I did I want to um, just to sort that <laughs> section you had said about the serpent. That was in Genesis, very sheet 314. So I don't know. God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and every beast of the field. and your belly you will go, dust you will eat all the days of your life. Mm. So and then I'll put enmity between you and the woman. It kind of ties in to... Israel and between your seed, which we spoke about, and her seed, he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. <clears throat> That's interesting because, <clears throat> wow, I was just uh, reading um, about, so I was reading this morning here, it was in First Timothy. Oh, get you some. To tie it all in a little bit here. <clears throat> so, verse Timothy, uh, First Timothy chapter 2. Okay, little woman, little woman, learn the Torah in Shalom. Fully submit to the authorities above her, but do not be, permit a woman to teach the Torah, uh, teach the Torah to a man, or exercise halakhic authority over him. Rather, she is to remain at Shalom. For Adam was formed first, then Ahava, and also it is, was was not Adam who was deceived, but the woman who, on being deceived, that is though you know, embracing the sheker versus, you know, and, and not embracing the met became involved in the transgression, a direct uh, mitzvah commandment of the king, of kings in Bereshit in the beginning in Gandhi Din. Nevertheless, the woman, nevertheless, despite this fact, it says, the woman, the woman will be delivered through childbearing, provided she continues trusting, but to cone loving, Chava and living a holy Kodesh life with modesty. Wow. <laughs> so just tying in the whole aspect of the seed um, in Bereshit um, with, you know, in this Parsha and then, you know, in this letter as well. So she's, she's saved through childbearing because she gives birth to that which is salvation. Right, exactly. <laughs> Oh well, and it's, it's almost like two forms of salvation. It's, you know, it's, it's Mashiach, obviously, ultimately, and predominantly and chiefly, but at the same time, the, the life of sanctification is also what redeems her as well. Mm. You know, both, both having, a, a ch- having children and then also rearing them up and training them and teaching them. And, you know what I'm saying? Is that it's, not what Mashiach ben Yosef is doing? Having children and training them up? Y- yes, most, yes, most certainly. <laughs> And that's just, yeah, I mean, that's his, that's obviously his mission, but that's all, all of our missions. Woo! Matthew 28, I mean, you threw that down, you know, about going out and teaching and immersing people, and that immersion brings forth new new creations. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so that's epic <laughs> on this First Timothy passage. Yeah. Wow. So I'm gonna leave it at that because we're no past time here. But 
All right, I guess. What do we know? What do we know? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot more to, <laughs> we could could speak on, but let it be waiting for next week. This is about the show. Hey. So. Well, bless you, Todar Rabah, for your insights and keeping us on the verse path and guided and setting up a beautiful construct for us. Amen. Amen, amen. All right, well, I'll say the Braga and we will conclude. Amen. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech Olam Asher Natanani Torah Met. Vakaye olam nat barokenu barukata adonai note na torah amen amen shalom and shavuot tov shalom and shavuot tov